0: Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's an amazing verse. And I I, I alluded to it Sunday morning. uh, Because when you get saved, something supernatural happens to you. You not only receive a call obviously towards relationship with God, but now you have a call to participate in the redemptive work of God. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, that's why every single one of us, it's not just about full-time ministry. This is why we are so strong on this, that, that God calls people to ordinary work. Okay, yeah. just when I use that word ordinary, there's nothing really ordinary about work. That's right. That everybody's work is sacred. That's there's right. not a secular and a sacred. It's all sacred. Yeah. That's okay. Right. And all of us have received a call of God. All our people have received a call of God. And our part of our call is to help them to discover and find and fulfill their call. That's right. And sometimes that shows up with... You know, being a God-called school teacher or a God-called plumber or a God-called electrician. I was kind of chuckling this morning on the way into the, to, uh, the office because I was hearing some people, they were slamming the working class and, you know, kind of there's this, this new genre of uh, narrative that's out there that basically uh, pooh-poohs the, uh, the working class and elevates the professional class. I thought, I thought to myself, you'll never do away with the working class. <laughs> right. You think you, uh, you wait till your toilet gets stopped up and yeah. you see, you're not going to be calling a brain surgeon to come unstop your toilet. You're going to be wanting the best plumber in town to come fix your pipes. Be, won't be you, you won't be poo-pooing. You won't be poo the working class. <laughs> but the, 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 the fact is this, that every occupation is holy." As long as it is legal and ethical and moral, it is holy. And it is, there are callings that are associated with that. And we want to be encouraging our people with this. And so I secondarily made the point, not only are we called to active relationship with God, we are also called to facilitate and participate in His redemptive work on planet Earth. So every job is connected to a broader purpose. It's not just about somebody, you know... Uh, and I, I mentioned this this on Sunday. It's not just about somebody uh, being a part of, or you'd say they're a builder of houses. They're not just building houses and making money, but they are now creating spaces that are, are, that are not only aesthetically pleasing, but are facilitating God's redemptive work of family and community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that, they're facilitating connections of people. Yeah. You see, so there's a bigger purpose to what we do. We, we don't just educate kids here, but we are a part of taking and putting kids on a pathway, a lifelong generational platform. You, you see, we're, we're launching them not only into their destiny, but as we launch them into their destiny, they have impact on their children, if God should tarry and on their grandchildren, if God should tarry, right. we literally have the privilege of affecting generations for the glory of God. That's right. We're not only redeeming one or two. I think about when I hear about kids getting saved and those young people being baptized in a swimming pool. Yeah. Praise God yeah. for that. But you know what? There is also something way bigger going on. Those kids' lives are being changed as they grow up and follow Jesus Christ and marry someone who loves and follows Jesus Christ and have kids who now will be raised and nurtured. In an environment where they too can be discipled to follow Jesus Christ, you're affecting generations. Yes, that's right. You're you're impacting the future for the glory right. of God. Amen. This is what we're called to. Yeah. So, teachers, school teachers, they're they're a part of that redemptive work of setting people on a course that's affecting. Who knows? Should Jesus tarry two hundred years, five hundred years? Who knows? I, I I think back in my own family that that there was a guy who was a professional baseball player named Billy Sunday, who obeyed the call of God. And when he obeyed the call of God and he preached the gospel, my grandfather got saved. My grandfather gave his life to the Lord. And out of that, it changed not only his life, countless thousands of people that he impacted, but it directly impacted my dad my dad got saved and followed the Lord and he brought me up to love and follow the Lord and I brought up my boys to love and follow the Lord. They're bringing up their boys to love and follow the Lord. all because one man obeyed God. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we think about that. We think about the eternal uh, ramifications of our obedience to God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so big. Yeah. So big. And you know, that's why every one of us, we want to encourage you to obey God. Obey God. We, we, I, I Sunday we prayed over Mike Is Mike stepping into a fuller uh, expression of the call of God on his life but you know something else and we didn't talk a lot about it but something else happened also and you never get too old for this I turned 65 you know a few weeks ago we had a party praise God but I made up my mind I, I knew there was a line of demarcation when I turned 65 I knew it I knew it in my soul I knew it that there was a stepping over into another dimension for me because you never get too old, old to obey God. Yeah. And you keep running after God. And God always has a purpose for you. Yeah. And God always has something glorious ahead of you. Uh, I, I love that somebody said the best is yet to come. It's always that way with God. Yes, It's always that way with God. Yeah. Every day gets brighter and brighter. Even into the doomed day. We go from one degree of glory to another degree yes, of glory. So the best is yet to come. Yes, I don't care how good it gets now. Guess what? Tomorrow's is better. Yeah. Yeah. The day after that is <clears throat> even better than tomorrow. And even, you know, you finish out this life and you go to heaven, guess what? The best is yet to come. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank God, yeah. thank God. Yeah. That's the way God wants us to live. Yeah. With this awareness that we're moving in the purpose of God for the glory of God. That's right. Amen. And it's awesome. So we get this verse of Scripture. I guess I am going to get back to that verse of Scripture. I guess get to get off course here. I uh, begin to preach. I uh, can't help myself. But, 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 but notice what he's saying when he, he said that, that we every single one of us we should take and uh, we use each one of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of the grace of God in its various forms I want to just talk to you for a few minutes about stewarding the gift of God he makes the point He says, you use it as stewards of the grace of God. When you got saved, you got a supernatural download from heaven. You got something that not only saved and redeemed your spirit, that caused your dead spirit to come alive, and heaven now is your home. You have purpose and destiny here as well. And that purpose and destiny is directly connected to the gifting of God In that download that came from heaven. You didn't ask for it. But God, the Bible says, as the Holy Spirit determined, He imparted gifts. Those gifts are directly congruent with what God's ultimate intention was for your life before you were ever born. Even before the foundations of the world were laid. God had already determined what you'd look like. God had already determined what your gifting would be. God had already determined what His destiny was for your life. He has before ordained good things that you should walk in them. Yes, yes. But just because God has ordained them doesn't mean that they automatically happen. Right. There has to be a cooperation with God. Yeah. And so God downloads by the Holy Spirit gifts into your heart. Those gifts were given to you for a reason, for a purpose. And then those gifts have to be stewarded. And He makes the connection between the gift that's in you and the proper stewarding or the using of that gift for His glory. Amen. So we've we've got to be faithful stewards. Yeah. The word steward means we're a manager. We're a manager. Now we have been given a gift. Every one of us, <coughs> gifts, plural, have been given to us by the Holy Spirit. You are made in a unique way. You are shaped by God in a unique way. And I, I don't have time to develop that whole thought about shape. But but there are are spiritual gifts, and you have a history, and there's aptitudes that are given to you. There's a whole host of things that are connected to your shape. And if you are going to steward that gift, there has to be a connected process to that. The first thing you have to do is you have to identify the gifts you have. What gifts do you have? Listen, if you, how will you ever steward something if you don't know you possess it? Yeah. How will you ever manage appropriately what God has put into you if you don't know what that is that God has put into you? A couple of things I think that help you discern what it is that God's put into you if you're going to properly identify it is that you open your eyes to the things you like to do. Because whenever God puts something into you you will have a natural inclination towards that. That's one of the things that I've seen about God. You know, I don't have a natural inclination towards music. Yeah. Now, I... I, I Quiet in the peanut gallery. I don't have a natural inclination. safety has a natural inclination towards music. I mean, she just, like, loves it. Why? Because God put it in her. God put it in her. I, I, it's Sunday night. I mean, she said to me the other day, and I, I cooperate with the gift, hallelujah, in her life. But she wanted to go do something the other night. She wanted to take Greg and Ruth Hansel and my friends and go do something. I'd never been, I wasn't that high on to be honest. She mm-hmm. wanted to go to a barber shop jamboree. Barbershop. <laughs> She sits by the hour. She listens to this tight harmony. She says, I love this. I'm thinking, okay, well, I love you, so I'll go with you. So I went with her. I actually enjoyed it. I, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But I thought she was like alive. She was like electric alive. And I was thinking, it's because it's in her. <laughs> you listen, when you identify the gift that's in you, one of the things is that you what will make it easy to identify is you want to do it. Right. God, some people get really screwed up on this issue. They think anything that God calls you to do, you won't want to do. That mm-hmm. you'll hate it. And that part of bearing your cross for Jesus is to do what you hate to do. Wow. That's not the way God is. Yeah. Listen, God puts stuff in you and you will like doing what God puts in you. Yeah. You will find that that you were made for. So, if If you're going to cultivate or manage the gift, the first thing you have to do is identify it. And part of that is open your eyes to the things you like to do. Secondly, open your eyes to the things that other people say you're good at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Other people will start commending you. The Bible says this, that a man's gift makes room for him and takes him before great men. When you begin to function in your gift, suddenly other people begin to recognize it. You don't have to manufacture anything all you have to do is just listen look and listen and it will help you identify the gift that God has put in your life that's the first step if we're going to steward the gift we have to identify the gift the second thing we have to do is we have to dedicate the gift we have to dedicate the gift We recognize that all the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That everything that you have and that I have came from God. You didn't create it. It came from God. And those gifts that come from God are intended to actually be used to return glory back to God. That's what they're about. So it's something, everything God gives... This is a principle in the scripture. Everything that God gives is intended to be used so that it ultimately reflects glory back to the one who gave it. God gave you life. What's that life about? So that that life would be used so that it ultimately would manifest His glory. Yes, Reflects His glory and His beauty. It's the same with your gifts. Those gifts that God gave you that He deposited in you have to be dedicated to him. So you take those gifts and you submit them to him and say, Lord, you are the one who gave me these gifts. You're the one that put the desire in me. You're the one that made me this way, that shaped me this way, that molded me this way. You're the one that has the purpose and the design on my life. I want to give my life to you and I want to give my gifts to you and I don't want those gifts to miss Anything that you have purpose to plan for yeah. me, so I submit it to you. What are you doing when you say that you're, you're you're dedicating the gift? You see, God never intended you to function in your gift apart from Him. Amen. God never, God did not give you a gift just so that you can identify it and then go running off on your own and use sure. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that people make. Christians make it all the time they have been given a gift by God been given an amazing amazing gift from God and yet because they've never taken the time to dedicate the gift to God they end up using it wrongly yeah. mm-hmm. they use it outside of the realm that it was intended yeah. I'm going to tell you what you see it in the music industry all yeah, the time yeah. Yeah. You see, these incredibly gifted and talented people, people that have been given something magnificently from God, Mm -hmm. all was intended to be used so that it reflects glory back to God. And then all of a sudden, they, because they never dedicated the gift to God, they end up taking and making themselves the center. Mm -hmm. And so God doesn't get glory. So the the gift has to be identified and the gift has to be dedicated. The third thing that must happen is this. That if you, listen, if we're going to be, we're talking about this, this passage of Scripture. That each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God gives you a Download. God imparts a gift into every single one of us. Then God expects us to be faithful managers or stewards of that gift. And when we do, when we manage it appropriately, we ultimately are are honoring God with the gifts that he's given to us. So we identify it, we dedicate it. The third thing is this, you have to activate it. Amen. You have to activate it. In other words, you cannot afford to simply identify it and dedicate it and never do anything with it. The Bible says this that faith without works is dead. Yeah. I don't care how great of a preacher you are, I don't care how great of a businessman you are, or great of a musician you are, or great of a school teacher, or great of anything else you are. If you don't take and activate the gift, nothing will ever happen that brings glory to God out of it. Yeah. There has to come a point in time where we draw a line in the sand and we say we're going to activate the gift. We're not going to let the gift lie dormant. We're not going to let the gift lie unused. We're going to take it and we're going to use it. This is true not only for us in this room, but it's true for every single person out there in that congregation. I wonder how many gifts Mm -hmm. sit in those seats every single week, all intended to be used, all intended to be identified and dedicated and then activated for the glory of God. I'm going to tell you something. We're talking about raising up volunteers and and releasing people. And volu- it's not about just getting people to do a job. It's about matching people with the way that they've already been hardwired by heaven. Yeah. yeah. Releasing them into their destiny. Identifying their their gift with them and helping them dedicate that gift and then helping them activate that gift. Yeah. Listen, we want to res- we want to release an army. To the purposes of God. How do we release an army to the purposes of God? We help people identify, dedicate, and activate the gift. Amen. And if we don't help them activate that gift, guess what? We are failing to do what Ephesians 4 tells us that our responsibility is to do. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry. How do we do it? We don't just give them a job to do and tell them to go do it. It's help them identify the way that God has already hardwired them and put a gift in them and then release them and empower them to carry it out. Absolutely. And then the fourth thing, and I'm going to wrap up with this, is not only do you identify the gift, dedicate the gift, activate the gift, But you have to further cultivate the gift. One of the things, and I said this earlier about the difference between organization and organism, is that organism is living things, and living things have to be tended, they have to be taken care of. There is no gift that God has given to us that cannot and should not be continually cultivated and improved In other words, no matter how good you are with what you are doing for the glory of God, you can get better. You can sharpen it. You can enhance it. You can use it more effectively. I think we need to continually take hard looks at ourselves. Are we using the gifts that God has given to us to the fullest? One person put it this way, that one of the greatest disappointments that we will have when we get to heaven is not just to, to uh, realize the people that aren't there, but it'll also be to realize the things that God had intended for us that we never took hold of. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to tell you that. Listen, we only have one life. One life. What do we do with what God has given to us Too many people exist in life rather than seize life. Lay hold of it. Listen, if we're going to be men and women who fully carry out our call, we're going to have to, in our own life and then in the lives of those around us, we're going to have to help them identify, dedicate, activate, and cultivate the gift that God has deposited into them by the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you today the amazing things that you're work doing in one church and its various expressions in one school of the arts, in our leadership college, Lord, and on and on, and all the things that yet are supposed to come up. Lord, I think about all the leaders that are coming up like, like strawberry bushes around plants, Lord, they're just growing. Thank you, God, that you allow us to carry out your work in your garden. Thank you for the gift and the calling of God that are without repentance. That you have deposited in every single one of us amazing gifts. And those gifts, Lord, are intended to be used so that they reflect glory back to you. I ask you, Lord, today that you will take every single one of us, take hold of us, and let us, Lord God, be men and women who are truly stewarding Faithfully, the grace of God that's been extended towards us, the charis, the gift of God that's been extended towards us. Let us steward it for your glory and your honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.